Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Ernest Watts. This is the senior edition, the older adult version. AARP? AARP of the Pardon the Confusion broadcast family. To lead to a subject further on down the road, we're the Los Angeles Lakers of podcasts. Wow, yes. They are getting, they're skewing quite old, as we'll talk about later. Well, you know, the the little advertisement they have on the NBA jerseys now? It should be AARP for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, but what is basketball old? Maybe that's the question. It's not the eight years, it's the mileage. 30. 30. It's 30 mileage. is basketball old. But this is a time rich in sports um, you can watch. you got the Olympics, which is awesome in many ways. Uh, started with swimming, now it's to track, and basketball still to be determined. There's always the unexpected heroes. There's the tragedy stories. and the, But we're going to also talk about the NBA free agent has just blown up. That whole, just within two or three days, all these moves happening, trying to set up for the future. And then we're going to wrap up with Texas and Oklahoma, how they've done the Big 12 dirty. Um and we'll talk about college football because behind NFL, I think college football gets the most passion for people. And we're getting closer to that most wonderful time of the year, my favorite time of the year for sports, and that's when college football is going. So, Ernest, let's start with the Olympics. Before we started this podcast, you said, you surprised me. I said, what is the the story that you really <laughs> captivated by? And I thought, oh, he's going to talk about track and these amazing hurdlers and these uh, fast runners and the amazing athletes, and he comes down to high jump. High jump. Uh, a little bit. You're not talking about weed, right? No, 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 no. And then you know, let me preface this by saying I'm a little prejudiced because back in 1974, I was all conference high jump. Ah. I I could six foot seven is what I did the Fosbury flop. Uh, it came down to the finals, and you get three attempts at every height and then they raise the height and you continue and they finished off with the representative from cuba and from italy and italy very rarely gets uh track and field they did win the 100 yard dash which is the the the, uh, primo event in track and field in the olympics but they both tied i think it was seven four seven three and the judges approached both the young men and said like okay you have your choice. You can have a jump off and basically, you know, keep on going, or you can both get a gold medal and there will just be a bronze award. And the two guys huddled together and hugged and said, we'll both take the gold. I mean, I mean, a lot of people say we, you know, I hear Herm Edwards somewhere in the background going, we play (laughs) to win the game. But, the Olympics is all about, you know, fellowship and countries coming together, ideologies being forgotten, and the ability of brotherhood and sisterhood together. And I thought this was this was pretty neat. I mean, it was really nice. And they both were so enthusiastic. You had someone from a democratic country in Europe and someone from a communist regime in the Caribbean. And they were brothers for a moment and decided – you know, people say, well, they didn't want to risk getting the, the silver and going home, especially the guy from Cuba, because you don't know where, I, where you wind up at. But uh, I just thought it was a neat little story. And I thought it encapsulates what 
the Olympics are all about. I mean, uh, the professionalism has come in. And again, I've watched the Olympics since since the first one in Japan back in 1964, which was roughly 18 years after the, the bombs were dropped on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, a devastated country. And even though this has been different without the crowds, and I've really... I know the ratings are going to be horrible, but I watch at least six hours of the Olympics every day. Wow. I mean, I, I try to soak it in. I enjoy it. I enjoy every event. I was watching the marathon swimming, the women's marathon swimming, where they swam for 90, no, no, for an hour and a half. Yeah, 90 minutes. Wow. Nonstop in the harbor going around this huge <laughs> rectangle. And it's, it's, you know, I tend not to watch the traditional sports. They don't show baseball, but I don't, you know, I watch a little bit of basketball, but I try to watch the sports that I normally don't see. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating. Uh, another different thing about this is, is China's going to finish with the most gold medals and they didn't even participate that much until 1976 when a lot of Americans went over there and said, you know, cause Chinese had this, this uh, inferiority complex that they thought they physically could not compete. And uh, as kind of a missionary work, uh, a lot of programs sent Americans over there said, well, y- you can do swimming, you can do gymnastics, you can do uh, archery, you can do the shooting events. And now they're becoming a major athletic power because of that. And, and of course, the NBA and the influence of what it's done in, in China in that respect. How about for you? I did watch the um, high jump, actually, and the Italian guy had, when they decided they'd both share the gold, he held up a cast from the cast around his ankle. He broke it, I guess, before Rio or something like that. Right, And he was showing that was his motivation. And I thought that was awesome because both guys were running out of gas. They didn't have much energy left, and they get, like, three tries at every height, and they had jumped, like, 20 times before they got to that point. So they were worn out. So I thought that was really cool. I'm like you, Ernest. I like the obscure type of sports, the wide world of sports type of events, like the weightlifting. I loved watching the weightlifting. And up here, I have a choice to do either NBC's main coverage or I can watch the Canadian Broadcasting Company's um, signal coming out of Windsor. We get that for free here. And, man, Canada was so much better about showing all the sports and the other nugget I loved was going on Sling and watching the Olympic Channel. And Olympic Channel was basically like a headline news of all the sports of all the countries. And when you watch that, you realize how NBC skews it so heavy for the United States that you hardly see these really random sports. Um, I liked watching badminton. It was just fascinating how fast it's. And one sport my wife liked, which I was surprised, was BMX. And it's sort of that crash mentality. Everybody slows down to see the crash. BMX, these guys were trying so hard and wiping out and hurting their legs and all sorts of things. It, it I don't know. The least favorite was the, uh, I'm going to sound old here, um, but the skateboard. I, I didn't get that. I couldn't see why that was so great. How about you? Was there any sport that you thought, uh, I don't get it? The gymnastics, because that's, that's hard for me to quantify. Let me tell a quick story on myself. Uh, Sunday afternoon, I was watching, 
and it was the women's beach volleyball and it was Switzerland and Switzerland and <laughs> all four ladies look like models and my wife walks by and she does a double In take. Bikinis. Like, what you? Yes, she was doing a double and they were really, shall we say, uh, accented their, their assets in that respect. My wife <laughs> did a double take when she walked by like, what are you watching? And, you know, and then she saw it was the Olympics, which I guess made it hey, legitimate for all me. all year round you can say, hey, honey, it's the Olympics. It's well, the Olympics. no, she'll, she'll know that. She'll know <laughs> that respect. But, uh, I mean, there's, there's strategy to weightlifting. I, you know, in the 96 Olympics, I got the opportunity to watch Pocket Hercules, who lifted three times his weight, who migrated from Turkey to Greece. And there, there's a, that's another thing is I know the strategy in the big four and most of sports, but, uh, you know, this has shown me strategy in sports that I don't normally see. I enjoyed the golf, too. Uh, and I forgot the young man's name at one. Uh, it was now, Xander Shuffley. Yeah, I mean, the story of his father uh, trained to be an Olympic athlete and got in a horrible car accident. And he's a guy that's never won a big tournament. Right. And this is, this is really... Uh, it was an uplifting story. And then you had someone like Dokic who who gets mad and busts his racket and walks off the court and shows himself to be less classed. And that's the difference between him and Federer and Nadal. It's, he's never had that much class in that respect. He, he, he's really been the, the ugly individual in all this particular sport. But, I mean, I know it's hard for Japan to spend so much money and – they haven't really been able to show that much of the country. I've listened to a couple of interviews of athletes and uh, they basically have, have, have just been there and gone. The swimming, which we always dominate, but it's just, and then the marathon swimming, the 1500s, which we won both, we being Americans. <laughs> I mean, you know, 30 laps in a pool is just amazing to have that ability and control well there was a little controversy um i'm trying to think of the guy's name he came in second for the backstroke and they thought he had a good chance to win he lost to a russian and the russian won two or three and if you looked at the russian and this guy i think that guy's name was meyer or something like that right next to each other you'd think wow the american should win easily because the russian looked skinny and didn't and the American basically said that the Russian was doping. He didn't say it out. He, he implied it in so many different ways. Uh, you know the background of that story, don't you? No, tell me. Okay. Eight, nine years ago, uh, it was discovered that the Russian Federation was cheating. They right. were doping. Oh, the guy's name and was they, Murphy for the United States. Sorry. And Russia was banned for 10 years. Right. I know yeah. that. So they're operating under what's called the ROC, Russian Olympic Committee. So they're competing as Russia, but they're not really Russia. The original terms was that all athletes under the umbrella of Russia would not be able to compete in the Olympics for two Olympiads. But they appealed and they tried to say, well, not all the athletes were part of the process. But Russia has habitually done this the doping in that respect. Um, and, and, you know, that's what's happened is they appealed. They're able, the last, this Olympic and the previous one, they operate under this white flag, which right. is Russia, but not Russia. But we're saying Russian Olympic Committee. Yeah, or right. I'd say it's still Russia. 
in that respect. But, you know, that used to be, do you know America has won the most medals since every Summer Olympic since um, 1986? And my wife was looking at that and said, well, we're the wealthiest country in many ways. We have the most free time or resources. Are we? China's richer than we are. I mean, we owe money to China right now. <laughs> we think we're the we're probably not the richest anymore, but we do have all the free time and the side interests and all the ability to support this big a team every year. Well, it's amazing how many athletes who were born and raised in America uh, have won medals for other countries. The Italian gentleman who won the hundred uh, meter dash. Yeah, he's he's was born in Texas. The young lady that won the 440 hurdles uh, was born and lives in Charleston but competes for Puerto Rico for her mother. And I, I really enjoyed the 800-meter. Uh, the Americans finished first and second. Yeah. McLaughlin won. Right. I mean, there's some great stories. Uh, I just And the ratings are going to be tanked, and that's unfortunate. And I think it's the time difference. It's the fact that we're on a 13-hour difference. So, you know, most of the events are over when you get up in the morning. Right. So the, the basketball medal, uh, gold medal game will be 10 o'clock our Saturday night, which will be their Sunday morning. Well, let's get to those uh, basketball players. You know, they had a, a short break between the bubble and the season, and then – after the playoffs, uh, some of them had to go over and to Tokyo, try to get together as a team. Pop lost a few games early, and now they're starting to gel. Durant is really hitting a shot now, and if they don't win, it's a you know that's the news. And my wife and I were talking about that when we were watching the American coverage. It was always like so much expectation that every U.S. athlete is going to win, but when you watch the Canadian broadcast, they're just so happy with whatever they get. You know, that's they're and they'll cover the American athletes more than other countries. But do you think the basketball team, if they don't win gold, will be a failure? They'll be considered a failure. You want to hear something really wild? Wild. What's wild? America's playing Australia next. Okay. Right. How many NBA players do they have? Well, that's the story. While it's going on, remember, Pop is the general manager for the Spurs. So while he's getting his team ready to play Australia, he just signed Lauderdale, the center for <laughs> Australia, yeah. to a free agency contract. He's been negotiating with the point guard for Australia who played for him, Patty Mills, who just signed with Brooklyn. So he's having to be a general manager for an NBA team and coach an Olympic team. This free agency during the Olympics has, has really caused problems. And it's going to be interesting. Australia's beat America twice already, but it was because of inside dominance. Well, their best center, Daniel Thesis, uh, he's out for the rest of the uh, the uh, uh, Olympics because during the game, he went to the bathroom. And because of COVID, they had no team managers. So he went to the bathroom by himself, slipped, hit the back of his head. Oh, my so, gosh. So he's out. Wow, and that's going to make it easier for the. And I don't know if America will win because of that, but but what you're going to see probably here out is Steve Nash is going to follow any American player who goes to the bathroom <laughs> to make sure they don't slip and fall. 
because if Kevin Durant falls, well, America won't win in that respect. But uh, Dokic has, has done real well. Wait, wait, Steve Nash is Canadian. What are you talking about? Not Steve Nash. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting my my uh, oh, Kerr. center. Steve Kerr. I'm getting Steve my Kerr. my point guards mixed up. Yeah, yeah wait Steve, a second. <laughs> Steve Kerr. I have to follow that. Yeah, Steve yeah. Kerr. Yeah, well, Nash is probably uh, concerned about what Durant does anyway, and keep him healthy for oh, next yeah. year. But yeah. you know, Pop didn't know when he took this job that he was going to have to worry about free agents at the same time as having to get the team ready for the semifinal game. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, you remember when we used to talk about nothing going on in the summer, sports wise. <laughs> you look at this year at NBA Finals, the Stanley Cup Finals. Free agency, the NBA draft, the NHL draft, the Olympics, baseball, golf. I mean, this the golf at tennis. I mean, this there'll be books written about the the summer of 2021 because you've never had a summer this packed of sports. Right, it's pretty been pretty awesome. Um, so let's go on to the story of the NBA free agents, and we've already alluded to that the Lakers have been making a lot of moves. And boy, it sure seems like this is LeBron's final curtain call because all the guys, it seems like most of the guys they're getting are good for one and done. Uh, Camelo Anthony signed, and he's been a bud of LeBron for quite a while, and we sort of thought that was going to happen. But Ernest, is the old movement going to work in L.A.? Can they keep it together long enough to rally past everybody else? Boy, this looks like a team put together by a 13-year-old kid playing fantasy basketball. <laughs> I mean, you only got one basketball. No one is going to play defense. Quickly, here's quick. Do you have any players? LeBron's going into his fourth year with the Lakers, so he's played three years. Do you have any teammates he's had at the Lakers? A lot. 50. <laughs> I mean, it's been a constant, and you just can't get – Consistency defense. All right, Westbrook can't play defense, and he doesn't pass the ball. Uh, I mean, they had a chance to, to get uh, the shooting guard for the Kings, and uh, they didn't do that. Buddy Hale, who would have been a great – they have no outside shooting now. They got Malik Monk. But when Monk was at the Hornets, he was suspended for substance abuse. I hope he solved that problem because going to L.A. is not exactly uh, non-tempting in that respect. I do like to pick up a Kendrick Nunn. Uh, he played at Oakland, which is down the street from you. Uh, he's a pretty good point guard, came in second for rookie of the year. I think he'd be a stabilizing since Dennis Schroeder's going to be gone. But the rest of the pieces, they got Dwight Howard. You got Dwight Howard and Russell Westbrook on the same team. How many injuries is that group going to have? How many headaches is that team going to have? Wow. I mean, it's, it's, this is, it's going to be a disaster. They won't be able to stop anybody. They're going to have to outscore anybody. I, I don't know. The, the worst move is picking up Westbrook. The second dumbest move is what Miami did and picking up Kyle Lowry. Oh, you don't like that. No, no. Why? I like Drakic. Gorgon Drakic was a pretty decent point guard. They're the same age. The stats are the same. And you send off Precious Guaya, which is a pretty decent 6'10". I mean, his kid would have been a junior in college this next year. He's a solid rookie. He goes to Toronto, which does a great job at player development. Uh, Lowry is is an old 35. I mean, outside of one year when he was with Leonard, he didn't exactly tear it up when he was at Houston. 
I think he's wore out. Jimmy Butler is wearing down. Did you see Oladipo signed with the Heat too? And he won't be able to play until January. He's oh. injured. I mean, oh. it's just, it's, this is. All right. I guess, all right. So you don't I, like what Miami did. Did you like that the Phoenix Suns resigned Chris Paul? No, I don't. I, I'm <laughs> wasting money. Grumpy I don't old man it, today. I don't think you pay point guards over age 30. I think it's the mistake. Yeah, he did a great job. He got him to the finals. I don't think he can replicate that. He turned down a $44 million one-year contract for a four-year $120 million contract. Oh, yeah. But that and that he, was and he's his own agent, make. so that sounds yeah. pretty good. Uh, so that wasn't a hard decision to make. All right, so I love, the best deal I loved, of course, this is a Homer statement, is that U of M Michigan's Duncan Robinson got the highest contract ever for undrafted a player. He got five years, ninety million for the Heat because he can hit the three pointer. That's pretty good. The secret of that team is not going to be him or Butler or or or, or uh, Kyle Lowry. It's going to be Tyler Hero. Are they going to get the Tyler Hero that took them to the NBA Finals, or are they get Tyler Hero from last year? And if they get the one from last year, they're going to be at best uh, sixth, fifth, or maybe fourth place playoff team all right i'm gonna give you two signings you tell me which one's the worst since we're in a negative mood here okay sorry no no that's fine this will just, just we'll keep going with the role here all right is this a worse move derrick rose three years 43 million with the knicks or gary trent jr for three years 54 million dollars with the raptors boy and trent i mean he was a good guy off the bench for portland um, but these both these guys are way past. I can't believe yeah, they got that much money. Well, see, Rose is not going to start now because the Knicks have Kimba Walker. Now they got two broken down point guards. <laughs> <laughs> Just hope they're both not injured at the same time. Well, that's the and, point. And, and you got a coach there who runs his team to death. I mean, usually after a couple of years, just the injuries because he just physically the the, the practices are so physical that the teams tend to wear out. I don't think the Knicks, I mean, they got Evan Fourier here, who's had a great uh, Olympics, but that's the big pickup. I mean, other than that, it's the same Knicks team. And they didn't really get anybody in the draft in that respect. Yeah. So I I, I think, you know, I don't know if the Knicks are better. The Celtics aren't better. The Bucks are defending champs. Uh, the Nets, if they can learn to be healthy, picking up Patty Mills is a great pickup for the for the Nets. They just got a great point guard. Now losing Dimwitty hurts, but he didn't even play last year. So you you know the Nets are going to be better. The Celtics are going to be worse. So I think the Hawks will be better. Well, let's talk about before. the biggest contract out there. We're, I'm saying all these guys are not worth it. They're not worth it because I look down the line. I see these people who I think they're past their prime, like Mike Connolly getting three years, $72 million with the Jazz. But one guy who's worth a lot of money, but I don't know if he's worth this much, is Steph Curry. Four years, $215 million extension. Is he still worth that much? Um, Over $50 million a year. And, and this is after Jacob... Lacob, who's the owner, said if we don't win next year, it's going to be on him and Thompson and Green, which I thought, man, so much for those three championships I got you. Yeah. He's getting paid for what he – I mean, it would have been a disaster. The PR of him leaving, which it wouldn't have been for another year, would have been horrible. 
I mean, they just want to make sure all those seats in that new stadium in San Francisco are sold out. Uh, are they a contender? No. No. You look at, they just drafted a 19-year-old and a 20-year-old, uh, which I love. The, the Max Moody, the, the kid from Arkansas, uh, the, the D-League kid, Kamunga, I, I don't know what he can do. But it's a team that looks like it's rebuilding. We're drafting Wiseman last year. I mean, last year you drafted a 19-year-old center. This year you drafted a 19-year-old point guard, power forward, excuse me, and a 20-year-old shooting uh, guard. All right. So, so do you like it, this other contract better? Trey Young was signed an extension by Atlanta Hawks. He had one breakout year, I think. Five years, $207 million extension. So he's going to get $40 million plus a year. Is that a good deal? He's young. Yeah, yeah. Not as much as I like the John Collins signing. Uh, I think uh, John Collins helped uh, getting him back. He's on the up. Both him and Trey are, are going to get better. Uh, Curry was a thanks for what you've done contract. All right, Kawhi, where is he going to go? Right now, Clippers are the only team going to offer a lot of money unless you have a sign and trade. And and the teams that would be interested in him, which would be Miami Heat, I don't know if they don't have the assets. They don't have the the, the draft assets. They don't have the player assets. So I'm pretty much he's he's Clippers are the only one. I think the only teams could offer him over ten million are Charlotte and the Knicks, and he's not going to either one of them. So he's back with the Clippers. Yeah, I think that makes sense. All right, let's go on to the football story. Um, big leagues are pushing around the NCAA. They, they're like sharks seeing blood in the water. The NCAA is going down, 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 losing power. Uh, players can make a little money on the side. So now Texas and Oklahoma say, hey, this is our time. We're going to bust out of this Big 12, go to the SEC, uh, pay up the money, get out of town, and get into the real conference. Is this a good move? Is it fair to the fans? Is this a sign of things to come? This is the height of hypocrisy. You fight players getting NIL rights for the last seven years, and you blame COVID as a reason why you want to move. And the Big 12, they were getting $25 million a year. They'll get $55 million a year from the SEC. But here's the player behind all this, ESPN. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, ESPN maneuvered this and manipulated this for the simple reason is in 2025, which is when Oklahoma and Texas lose their media rights, which are currently owned by the Big 12, and they can legally move to the SEC. Guess who assumes CBS's SEC contract? ESPN for $3 billion a year will have exclusive television rights to SEC football. No more CBS Saturday afternoon games. So ESPN thought, how can we increase the value of a product we're paying $3 billion a year for? Let's get the program that we give a whole network to, Longhorn Network, owned by ESPN, and the third most valuable asset in college football number one is Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and move them to the SEC and create a Super League. This will have ripple effects. The Big 12 will dissolve. The Pac-12 and the Big 10 are already talking about merging together. 
ACC is talking to maybe West Virginia, Notre Dame, and they're coming in where you're going to have three super conferences. That's all. And then and how, after, many peop- how many teams will make the national championship then? Will it be four, eight, 12, what? They're going to look at a, a, an eight championship, but I also think you're going to see some teams drop out of these leagues. Your Vanderbilts, your Northwesterns, your Rutgers, teams that consistently do not win at college football will not be part of this super immaculation. Whether it's three leagues, super one what? large league, super immaculation. Super immaculation. Can you say that on the podcast? I think I can. I think you whether, do. Whether it's a big super league <laughs> or three sets of super leagues, you're going to see some teams that that don't fill the stadiums, that don't bring the revenues, the Wake Forest. Again, uh, I would say you're probably your Utah Maybe your Washington State, they're going to fall to the wayside. And yeah. I mean, it's it's going to change college football as we know. And well, that's why what greed, the, greed has yeah. nothing to do with the players. But and some I, people would say that's overdue, that the little mid-programs shouldn't have been competing with the big guys anyway. Why don't we just fess up, have like another level of national championship, you know, the top layer, the mid-layer, and then get to Division two. And then let's want let the NFL invest money and make it a minor league, which is what it truly has been for a long period of time anyway. Yeah. So, so I money, mean, the money, money. Student, student athlete, right? Yeah. We're, we're protecting the student athlete. And that's the hypocrisy of all this. So without the NCAA having any teeth, so does that make it the Wild Wild West? Is this a good thing? Uh, pretty much you got to have someone in charge. You need to have a college football czar. Because what happens when the kids are left at home when the parents leave? And they, they cheat. People cheat. They take advantage of someone not watching them. Without rules and regulations, anarchy. I mean, you're, you've got something. you got one league getting paid $3 billion a year. Uh, the incentive is to win at all costs. And, again, you've got to have someone in charge. There's, there's got to be somebody really hasn't been anybody since the 1980s when they deregulated the NCAA's ability of TV rights because that's what they lorded over teams. So someone's got to be in charge or else you think they're cheating now? I mean, it, it'll be out and up. It's, it's going to be, for all practical reasons, it's a professional minor league as it is. It's just going to be more pronounced. Right. I think it will get worse and worse until it gets so outrageous that the community outcry will be like, wait a second, we've lost, we've gone too far, and I don't know. That That's years and years down the road. Um, well, you think of it, Paul, professional sports that are successful, the NBA, the NFL, the two top ones right now, they are successful because they look out for the weaker sisters. They have revenue funding that's distributed equally. All right, the NFL, you're one of 30 partners. NBA is the same thing. If you start, you know, to this extent that you're only feeding the monsters, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, USC, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, then you know it's it's these national programs. You're going to destroy a lot of interests. A lot of people love college football that are not 
Notre Dame fans, Alabama fans, Michigan fans, Ohio State or Oklahoma or USC fans. Right, right. Well, I just remember I forgot to ask you about the NBA draft. So if you don't mind, we'll bounce back there. Okay. Because here in Michigan, we were thrilled that the Pistons got the number one draft pick. And they did what they needed to do. They got Cade Cunningham. We were so afraid up here that the last second they would make a trade down and make a terrible mistake, like a Draco mistake a long time ago. So besides Cade Cunningham, who do you think is the best pick in the first draft for our team? Uh, you mean best pick overall, the draft? Yeah, like who did? I mean, like, like you say – did the Cavaliers do great by getting Mobley? Did the Spurs did good? You know, who really, you know, who is that hidden gem? Because you look at um, this year, um, the guy for the Bucks, um, uh, Anacubo. Yeah. yeah he was not a number one draft pick. I mean, no, all, 17. The, all the 17. teams are looking for that mid to late first round draft pick that's potential and then just blows up and plays great. Do you have any predictions for any of those guys? Wow. I'd found prejudice with said Booth Knight, who the uh, Hornets got from Connecticut. So I'm not going to say that. That sounds too prejudiced in that respect. I think you already uh, did say it. But I okay. did say that in that respect. I, I, you know, it's hard to really tell in that respect. I mean, a lot of people were pushing the, the center from, from Turkey, who the, who the uh, Rockets got. But to me, it looks like another Enos Cantor which means great offense but no defense. Mm-hmm. The game's same, changed so much. A lot of people are saying Corey Rispert, um, the shooter from, from Gonzaga. But I, I kind of think he's a finished product. I think New Orleans got him. I think he, he's the finished, you know, the, he's as good as he's going to be. There's so many young guys. Uh, Green who went to Houston, who was considered that top three with Mobley. Um, Played in the D League last year, but he only played about 20 games. Guards, you can't really tell in big men. So I, I don't really, I'm trying to think. How about Jalen Suggs for the Magic? He People are surprised he dropped a five, but I don't know if he has that good a shooting touch. And I don't know, 6-1. I mean, there are a lot of 6-1 point guards that come out that dominate in, in college basketball that just – don't have the ability to do that in the pros. You have one at Michigan that took you all to the Final Four who's bounced around quite a bit. Yeah, Trey Burke. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's there are a lot of guys. Uh, I mean, Shabazz Napier put on one of the greatest performances of all time in the Final Four. And he's he's been kind of a journeyman in the NBA. I mean, you've really got to be 6'5 or 6'6 six, six, unless you're a Trey Young and have extraordinary shooting ability to dominate. And, and I don't see that Suggs has that. The fact that he would have been just a sophomore next year, I mean, I can give you loads and loads of, of point guards who were dominant in college ball that were under 6'3", that just do not perform in the NBA. And that's, that's why I'd be really concerned. I, I think he kind of fell where he wanted. Booth Knight is 6'5", so at least he has some height on him. Um, This wasn't, and I think kind of this is the effect of COVID the last two years, this wasn't a draft that most people knew. They knew Cade Cunningham and they knew Mobley, but with three guys coming out of the D-League, 
and a lot of underclassmen and, of course, European players, I would venture to say most people on the street could have named 10 guys in this draft. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, of course, the Hornets got one of the coolest names guy, J.T. Thor. Yes. I, he should come on. He is 6'11", played at Auburn. Um, really has, has a... He has a seven foot four reaching ability, very, very raw. Mitch Kupchak has had a great reputation of second round draft picks, which have done really, really well. So I'm I'm feeling good. This is a guy that we died for a long time. Kai Jones, who was the uh, sixth man off the bench for Texas, was somebody they were actually going to pick with the eleventh pick, but traded down. And uh, I'd like. I mean, a lot of the, the Hornets is, is going to be what Haywood. We got the center. We got the right Plumley. We used to have the wrong Plumley. <laughs> now we have the right Plumley. That's a Duke center I'm bragging about. So, uh, again, you, you, it's this short turnaround, it's fascinating. Last night I was watching summer league games on NBA League. I mean, that's another thing we get to watch. Football starts tomorrow night, the NFL Hall of Fame game which will have a lot of plumbers and bus drivers playing and Canadian football starts tomorrow night. So we're, we're, you know, we're just jumping right into another sports season just as quickly as that is. Yeah. And, and a different season because only three exhibition games with the extra regular season game this year. Well, before we wrap it up, I think we should talk about major league baseball and the, they had a bunch of trades at their trade line tread deadline too and you can listen to the boys of summer podcast you can do a search and find us on there and we talk a lot about the trades and the dodgers just got richer they got scherzer the cubs sort of cleared house a little bit looking for the future and the yankees just wanted to get bigger and bigger by picking up rizzo and gallo so your braves uh <laughs> i'm not sure they're gonna make a run for it this year we can't get to 500 but luckily we're in the worst division in baseball because the mess the grom's probably shot for the year he's not gonna pitch again uh you know they've got so many injuries there's been a psychological edge and I remember the braves we lost our uh silver slugger catcher we lost our left fielder and probably forever because there's a domestic violence issue we lost our center fielder, who's probably the one of the top three young talents Acuna. in baseball. Uh, lost three starting pitchers, and the fact that we're close to five hundred. Besides is, is, that, it's yeah. looking bright. Yeah, I mean, other than that, we're doing real well. <laughs> and it's 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 I, again, uh, it's been everything that go wrong. You wonder if playing that far in the playoffs, you kind of leave your up to being injuries. I mean, we our best pitcher. Was coming back from Achilles. He sat wrong in the dugout and, bro- and snapped his Achilles again. So it's it's been one of those years that uh, I think the White Sox are a team to watch out for. I really like what they have done. I like what they did in the trade. I, the Giants are just amazing how they keep winning. If there are two teams that you look to the rosters and are amazed they're in first place, it's the Rays and the Giants. And they'll probably wind up in the World Series for that reason. <laughs> you never know. This Look what happened in the NBA, what we ended up with. So it's a it's a different type of year. And the Dodgers, their starting pitcher has been injured, so them picking up Scherzer made all the sense in the world, and they don't <laughs> care about the luxury cap. So See who they signed today? I don't know. Who they signed today? Cole Hamels. <laughs> Is Cole he still Hamels. pitching? 
he pitched one game for the Braves last year and retore up his shoulder. Yeah, I'm thinking he's damaged so goods. They put him in the starting rotation. Fine wow. that they put him in the starting rotation. That's how desperate the pitching staff for the Dodgers are. Wow. But them and the Yankees don't, you know, they just again, this is the only sport without a salary cap. And, and, you know, we just went through free agency with the, the NHL and Hurricanes lost one of their all-stars, which I don't really think is a loss because he gave up as many as he scored. And we signed a very questionable talent to play for the Rangers. But it's just reshuffling. It, it, free agency harkens back to that old comment by Jerry Seinfeld. If you're a sports fan, you're really rooting for laundry. You're not rooting for the players. You're rooting for the jerseys themselves. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, that's about it. We'll wrap up with our last few good minutes. Ernest, what's your final couple minutes? Okay, do you hear it? Listen for it. Put your, put your football. head football. football. Football's football. back. CFL dun, dun, after dun. two years is back. Fox football. Another week, I'm actually going to a game. I'm going to see, hopefully, in a COVID situation where I won't be, or a Delta-free situation. Uh, not Delta House either. It's not Animal House. It's not the Deltas. Uh, I'm going to see the Ravens and the Panthers in two weeks. So football's back. All is right with the world. The sun and the moon are in alignment. We're going to have <laughs> football. All is well. Don't worry about variants and all those types of things. Football's coming back. All is well. Be at peace. Mm, I just feel like I'm meditating now. You just got um, me in a good zone. Hut, 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 your um, I know. Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> so I have an old, this makes me sound old, old record of the University of Michigan marching band. And it starts off with the long version of the victors which is, of course, we think the best fight song. And then it plays other songs, and there's crowd noise in between the songs. And just listening to that, I get like, yes, it's football, let's go. And just seeing, this sounds very barbaric, seeing the hits and the speed of the game just gets me all riled up. So, yeah, I agree with you. Let the football begin. Let the cracking out. So for Ernest that's, Watts... That's this, hockey, cracking, that's not, Well, yeah. That's in September. It was a movie, we'll too. Let, We'll let the cracking out in September. (laughs) So for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. I hope you enjoyed another version of Pardon the Confusion. If you got comments, questions, concerns, send them to gobluearnold at gmail.com. We try to entertain, keep it light, keep it good, so you can enjoy us doing a podcast on your way home. And uh, in the future, you'll hear some of our other co-hosts as they come off their summer vacations. So have a good night.